Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at prize picks they also have a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code ts U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanksgiving to you and yours, and happy rivalry week, my man. What's going on? Happy Thanksgiving to you and all of the great Daily Crow listeners. Uh, we appreciate you guys, and uh, it's great to have you guys with us today. Um, hope you guys just have the best Thanksgiving ever. Uh, stuffing as the number one Thanksgiving side dish for the win, and creamed onions. Uh, they look like sheep bolts. That's this Thanksgiving side dish to avoid, like the plague. Chris Phillips, can I get an amen? Amen. I'll give you the amen there. Yeah. I I don't know if ever. What was the last thing you said again? Creamed onions, brother. They I don't know if like I've had test, that. They look like testa satchels. You you do not want you do not want okay. them at all. I don't okay. think I've had no. those. No. No. <laughs> Very good. Definitely. Very good. Well, Mark, I dude, like I said, man, I appreciate you chiming in again. This this is. This is a fun week for everybody in the Palmetto State in regards to content, those who talk about it. It's it's the electricity at a fever pitch. But I'll ask you this. You're a Florida man, Florida, Florida State. What does rivalry week mean to you? What's the level of hatred like between the Gators and the Seminoles? It's not top five. It's not top five in college football, Chris. Uh, I came out with a graphic this week. Invite your listeners to uh, check that out on my Twitter at Mark Ryan on air. That's at M-A-R-C Ryan on air. Top five most hate-filled rivalries in college football. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Number five, the Egg Bowl. I don't need to tell anyone here what matchup that is. Number four, Oklahoma, Texas. Number three, South Carolina, Clemson. Now, why did I say South Carolina, Clemson, and not Clemson, South Carolina? Because according to rule number six of the rules of sports fandom, uh, if you win the most recent rivalry game, your name goes first in the rivalry. That is absolutely and totally true. Number two is the Iron Bowl. Number one is the game, Michigan and Michigan State. Um, Florida, Florida State, look, man, Florida is just a different animal as a state in general. You have divided loyalties. You have people from all over the place. It's a transient state. Everyone that's part of Clemson, South Carolina, South Carolina, Clemson. That's from saying Clemson, South Carolina first. I should know better than that. <laughs> South Carolina, Clemson. Uh, you guys are from here. You were born into this rivalry. It's different than Florida, Florida State, where most of us were adopted into that rivalry, right? Like we came from other places to, to join that rivalry. So I don't quite think it's, it's there on the hate scale. But listen, brother, uh, there's, no, there's no shortage of what's on the line when Florida plays Florida State on Saturday as well. Florida State's playing for a college football playoff berth. And let me tell you, let me tell you, brother, it's I am not one to want to willingly volunteer myself to defend my rival. But if they manage to keep Florida State out of the college football playoff with an undefeated record, that would be the biggest BS I've ever seen. You have no right 
to assume when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. You have no right to assume what Florida State is going to be without Jordan Travis. But we do know they earn the right to be there should they be undefeated. And it was not that long ago, nine years ago, in 2014, that the committee could have kept third-string QB Ohio State out of the college football playoff, and all they did was Cardale Jones was win the damn thing. So if Florida State wins, they darn well should be in. And uh, if Florida loses, well, there's going to be no bowl game. And I got to be honest with you, Chris, a scale of one to 10, my feeling that Billy Napier is the right guy for the job in Gainesville long-term is about a 2.5 or a three right now. I did hear you say, Mark, a couple days ago that you are out on Billy Napier being the long-term answer. By the way, I want to go back to your mentioning your graphic top five rivalries. Number one, you meant Michigan-Ohio State, correct? That's right. Okay, you said Michigan, Michigan State. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. Oh, I said Michigan, Michigan State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. I thought, you're you, good. Were gonna hit, I thought you were going to hit me with, uh, I said Ohio State, Michigan, which would again be a violation because Michigan won the most no. recent round of the game, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, no. You, thank you. Thank you very much yeah. for the correction. No, you're State. good. You're good. I just want to make sure people, Michigan, people knew. Michigan, and... State, Michigan, Michigan State isn't a rivalry, man. That That is a that is a bully, okay? That is a, that is a bully. That's, you know – Chris, you got to meet certain parameters for something to be called a rivalry. Mm-hmm. A year ago, South Carolina was in danger of that game no longer being in a rivalry. What was it, seven in a row? Was it seven, seven in, in a row, row last yep. year? If you get to 10, it's no longer a rivalry. So South Carolina had three chances to make it a rivalry again, and they did so. That buys you another nine years of having a rivalry, right? Uh, and I think you and I may have sparred on this before, but Chris, you, you got to meet the parameters. Otherwise, you're not a rival. You are a, either the bully or getting bullied, one of the two. To your point, Mark, the chatter around this game this year, but you know, starting literally since last year's game ended, and of course throughout the offseason, the preseason, and now the week of, it is certainly much more fun to talk about hey, this is a one-score spread, this is a game where it's a 50-50 coin flip, neither fan base knows what's going to happen, versus literally last year, Mark, we were talking about, hey, when's the next time South Carolina's going to beat Clemson again? Is it going to be in you know in this decade? Is it going to be seven years? Like You know what I'm saying? So this is a lot more fun. I, I want to get to the Palmetto Bowl, though, Mark, and, and I think it's really, it's really interesting. It's really cool, too, and I think unique because – you sit smack dab in the middle of it. I understand you're in the upstate. More of your audience is Clemson fans, which makes total sense. But you truly are a neutral party stuck in the middle of this hatred-filled rivalry. What has that been like for you? Can you compare that to any other experience that you've had? Because, again, you come from Florida, Florida State, but, I mean, you got thrown smack dab in the middle of it, and whether people believe it or not, you know, you give your critical analysis and maybe some jabs here and there at the Gamecocks. You do the same to Clemson. You catch hell from both sides. I mean, what has that experience been like? Because that, to me, is just fascinating, and I admire you for taking it on, truly. Uh, Chris, it's been my my career dream to be in, a, in an environment like this, man. I mean, it's what I, it's what I always dreamed of. You know, folks have said to me when they're trying to take a shot in my direction, you're the Paul Feinbaum of, of South Carolina versus Clemson. That's the best compliment you could ever give me. You know, what does Paul Feinbaum do? Um, he's in the middle of it. He takes jabs at both sides and he gives his audience the opportunity to become the stars themselves. Characters in the, in the drama of the rivalry themselves. 
And that's exactly what we do, brother. It is awesome. We praise where warranted. We criticize where warranted. People always say to me, well, Mark Ryan, you wouldn't criticize if, if, you, if your station carried them. Uh, to those people, I would invite you to rewind on the Odyssey app to the first segment of Monday's show where we carry Furman football, 9-1 Furman lost to 1-9 Wofford. I lit into Furman more than anybody's ever lit into anybody for that, for that loss on Monday. Um, and I told my boss, I said, boss, I know you're going to be nervous about this because we carry Furman games, all right? But I'm going to tell you this. I got to go in on Furman for that absolute crapping of the bed against 1-9 and nine Wofford where they were the number two team in FCS and were about to have home field advantage throughout the FCS playoffs. I got to go in on them the same way I would on anybody else. Otherwise, I have no credibility and people start calling you a homer and you won't go on on this team like you go on that team. The reality is, Chris, if South Carolina had had Clemson's last 10 years, it would be Clemson fans who hate me, right? But the reality is Clemson's had the best 10 years of their existence. South Carolina has largely, in the Muschamp and Beamer area, been, been a joke. Let's, I mean, let's call it what it is, right? It's been a very mediocre joke of a program. Um, and I'm charged with helping you guys lift your self-esteem to the point where the program can achieve much better than that, right? That's, what, that's, that's why we're here. It begins with your expectations. Ultimately, your program will be a reflection of what you will accept, right? Before Steve Spurrier, it was a joke. After Steve Spurrier, it's been a joke. It's time to stop being the punchline, Gamecocks. Let's effing go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So to that point, Mark, sticking with that, this has been, for both sides, it's been a disappointing season, to say the least. I know you brought up a couple weeks ago, whether it was on your show or my show, about the post that I had after South Carolina lost to UNC, Clemson lost to Duke. So both teams lose on opening weekend. I made the joke, hey, can't wait to watch 5-6 and six South Carolina, 5-6 and six Clemson, battle it out for a shot at bowl eligibility. We're not quite there, but we were pretty close. We were pretty close. We were closer than I thought we would be, to be honest with you. Clemson comes in 7-4, and four, South kind of 5-6. and six. What have you sensed the mood this week from Gamecock fans 
and Tiger fans? Because I feel like both are on edge right now. Neither knows what to expect. To your point, like you mentioned, neither, even if you win this game, are going to look back at 2023 and say, wow, what a what a successful year this was, because neither has reached their goals or expectations. But certainly, we know what winning the rivalry game means. What's the overall vibe you get from both fan bases going in this one? Um, look, Chris, I think the fact that both teams have had underwhelming, disappointing seasons is adding to the fuel to this game, you know, and I, I challenge you, man, if Clemson was 11 and one and South Carolina was seven and four, would the game be bigger than it is now? You want the game no matter what it's a must win, no matter what, but I get the sense, brother, there is survival on the line here. You know, I mean, one of these two programs is going to have the Mortal Kombat finish him hanging over them when they lose this game, right? Like, do you not agree? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. one of these two programs, finish him. You're, you're heading right toward that uh, at the end of this one, man. And um, it's going to be nine months of hell, nine months of misery, and a downward trajectory uh, for the program, for the, for the loser of this game. That's why I think the, the disappointing seasons for both have made this game more imperative, right? And more compelling. And I'm here for it. Get your popcorn ready. To your point, Mark, one of the best analogies, our good friend, our mutual friend, Jake Crane, told me that the the difference in winning than losing this game Saturday is the the winner of this one sleeps on silk sheets to a degree for the offseason. The, the loser lies on a bed of nails. That is the difference in this one for sure. When you take a look at the matchup, Mark, Both teams have won three in a row, which I think is actually good for the rivalry, to your point. I I think it's much better that both these teams are coming in on some high notes, if you will. Um, We know Clemson wants to run the football, right, with Phil Moffa, Will Shipley. uh, Cade Klubnick's been better of late. They've had real trouble taking care of the football, turned it over in every single game. 13 lost fumbles, 20 turnovers total. South Carolina, last three games defensively, has forced 10 turnovers. On the flip side, I mean, it comes down to Spencer Rattler and Xavier Leggett, right, Mark? I don't see how South Carolina is going to be able to run the football against that Clemson front seven. More than likely, I would say definitely Spencer Rattler's last game at Williams-Brice Stadium. The great matchup on the outside between Leggett and Wiggins. I know I just loaded you up with a lot, so maybe we'll start with one. Let's just start with when Clemson has the ball, the South Carolina defensive matchup, because you've talked a lot this week about turnovers, the importance of that. I mean, it the numbers would say South Carolina or Clemson's going to turn the football over. It's about can South Carolina take care of the football because Clemson more than likely is going to cough it up. What do you see in that matchup when Clemson has the football against the Gamecocks defense? I'm going to give you a really interesting stat that I put together uh, today, Chris. All right. Um, Clemson outscored, right? It's final. It's last nine opponents. Okay. Well, uh, uh, this is how I should word this. Uh, in its last nine opponents, Clemson held its opposition to 11 points fewer than per game, 11 points less per game than what those teams scored when they weren't playing Clemson, right? Those teams' averages. Clemson held them 11 points below their average. The last three games for Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Clemson held those teams 16 points per game below their average. South Carolina is averaging 28 points a game. To me, the magic number for Clemson is 20. Okay? You you consider that, and I'm like, okay, let's be conservative here. 
you know, if you split the difference between 11 and 16 points, I mean, what that defense is doing to teams relative to their average, you could say, man, Clemson could win this potentially with 14 points. But you don't want to rely on that, as you said, with Clemson's offense coughing the football up in uh, disadvantageous situations as often as they are, right? So I think conservatively, 20 points is the magic number for Clemson. If you get first digit two and you didn't only score two points, then Clemson likely wins this game, in my opinion. Um, Look what Kentucky did to South Carolina's offense last week. Clemson's got a better defense than that. It's just that the turnover bug, man, and the reason why Clemson's having Cade Klubnick play the game manager role, right, is because why wouldn't you? You know, like that dude doesn't listen to the freaking play calls that come in to the head coach. For the second time this year, they give him specific orders and he does something else. And I like what regardless of what the excuse is, dude, if, if it's that he's just brain farts and panics and does something else or if he's just willingly not listening to the head coach, that's insubordination. Like you you follow the orders of your supervisor. Right. I have to do that. Right. Chris, you're, you work for yourself, so you got to follow the orders of yourself. That, that, that's a great place to be. But, you know, we all have to follow orders that we don't necessarily like sometime. If you don't do so, that's insubordination. Uh, I just think it's fascinating to consider how few points Clemson actually needs, right, mm-hmm. to, to kind of be in pole position in this game. I think 20 is the magic number. So on the flip side, Mark, the question then becomes, how does South Carolina, say, score 24, 27, upwards of that number against this Clemson defense? We saw what they did last year. Spencer Rattler played out of his mind. Can he replicate that performance? Can just he and Xavier Leggett do enough? Do you think South Carolina has to generate some sort of running game, find a way, have some semblance of balance against a really, really good front seven, as I mentioned? Like, what has to happen for the Gamecocks to win this football game and do enough offensively to beat the Tigers? You have to run enough to keep Clemson's defensive line honest, to protect to prevent them from uh, pinning their ears back and coming at South Carolina. And the reason people say that is because of running lanes and passing lanes, right? That half second that you are waiting before you know whether it's run or pass is everything to an offense. You got to run, even if it's two yards a pop, you got to run, Chris, I think at least one third of the time if you're South Carolina. Then it comes down to me, the turnover margin, as we said all year. I think if if the turnover margin is is even, I think Clemson wins this game comfortably by double digits. If the turnover margin is South Carolina plus one, I think Clemson wins a close game. If it's South Carolina plus two or more, I think the Gamecocks win this one. All right. But I think generally speaking, Chris, like for most of this week, um, I've been more along the lines of a Clemson comfortable victory than this super close game than most that most people are describing. And there's no there's no hate involved in that i've just really been watching clemson closely the last few weeks and provided this just isn't a a a flip switch that they only do at home right defense travels they figured out man as long as we don't let cade klubnik and moff and shipley's fumbles lose it for us this defense is going to have us in the game against georgia this defense is going to have us in the game against michigan against ohio state stop screwing the game up fumbles and clubnik stop doing it so that they've really kind of put the clamps on the offense doing just enough to win 
and really letting the defense take over, and it's been impressive to see. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code Spurs Up for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code Spurs Up, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P or S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Mark, I know you'll be giving your official prediction on your show today, but if you're ready to give the pick, and I'll I'll start with this because you asked me, I believe, on Monday. And uh, our last segment, I just locked it in, just posted on social media. I do have Clemson winning the football game 27-20. to To your point, I think the Tigers are going to turn it over because they have all year. But I think South Carolina is going to turn it over. I I think Clemson's defense is going to do enough to get after Spencer Rattler. He's going to force one at some point. I think South Carolina, so to your point, I think they win the turnover margin, but it's not by enough to secure the victory. So I've got 27 to 20. What say you about that? And then if you want to lock in your pick and lock in your prediction, and to your point, it's not like a bias or or a hatred. It's just, it's a real objective pick, and I'm going with my head and not my heart in this one. I'm interested to delay my pick here, Chris, as I decide whether I can give this up. Yeah, you're more than than welcome to do that. Uh, So... I'm surprised that you said Spencer Rattler is almost certainly gone. Um, I'm surprised about that. Based on what pre-draft evaluation that you've seen, is he almost certainly gone? Admittedly, I have not looked at all of the draft boards or anything, but, I mean, I have to imagine he's a second or third rounder. I mean, I I just – I'd be – 
effort. I'd be him. I'd be yeah. stunned if he came back, Mark. I'd be stunned. I'd I'd be even stunned. if he's a fourth round or fifth round pick. You think he's gone if he's any pick? I thought he was gone after last year. So I mean, I was wrong then. I could be wrong now. But he also just accepted a an invite to the Senior Bowl. So I mean, that would tell you oh, that okay. more than likely. Okay. He is. I mean, he can still come back. So Tyler Davis for Clemson did that last year, accepted the invite, changed his mind. So I guess if he gets some information that changes his mind, he could do it. I, I mean, I would I would be really surprised. I, I'm 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 not banking on it. I, I feel like most have accepted that next year is going to be the, the the Lenoris Sellers show. But to be fair, Juice Wells has announced his return. So God, could they run it back again, man? That would just be Massive absolutely insane. For that's, yeah. that's massive. And you know what? I, I had the thought, Chris, about this. I don't know what Juice Wells is going through. Mm-hmm. I actually feel badly for on your show, kind of like, man, what's going on there? Like, what is, you know, is this an NFL thing? What if, Chris, you know, there's a mental component to this? And you never want to, like, you know what I'm saying? Because the longer this goes on, the more that's what it sounds like to me. Okay? I don't know what's going on. I want to make that perfectly clear. But at the same time, like, you know, we've heard Shane Beamer intimate that he wants Juice Wells to get his mind right. And I'm, so, Mark, like, and Mark, he, not to not to cut you off, I'll give you the quote that Beamer had in his presser yesterday. Quote: If he decides he's in the right frame of mind to play, great. But I don't anticipate him playing. What does that mean? Like, you know what? You know what does what, that Chris, mean? You know, like, like it's just it's one of those yeah. things where it's like, you know, a we don't know. But let's say it was something, Chris, like depression or something like that. Let's say it was something like that, right? The only thing guys like me and you wondering aloud, what's, man, what is this? Is this guy getting ready for the draft? I mean, that just makes it harder on somebody going through that, right? So as I, as I parse Beamer's words and try to figure out what Beamer's really saying, because there's the chance it could be something like that, I'm backing off that completely because mm. I want Juice Wells to have the time to get himself right, right? Especially if it is something like that. And the, the guarantee that you won't is if you feel like the walls are caving in on you. Are you trying to get ready for the NFL, man? Like what, what's going on? Give him the chance to get himself right. Chris, let me mention one other thing to you. I had the Florida Gator Nation coming after me the other day. Because I, I floated the – do you know what I'm going to talk about here? Do you know what I'm going to mention? I don't, uh, I don't think so. Okay, so I mentioned uh, if you were Billy Napier, all right, um, would – like, would you – are you familiar with DJ Lagway? The quarterback, yes. Yes, five-star quarterback committed to Florida. Yes. Would you allow DJ to tell you what he's comfortable with regarding Graham Mertz coming back or not coming back next year? Florida Gator Nation went nuts. They're like, you idiots. Billy Napier would never do that, you moron. And I'm just like, I just asked a question. I didn't say what I would do. I asked a question. You don't think these conversations go on? I asked Jake Crane that question. Jake Crane said, not a dumb question, Mark. If Graham Mertz had been what we thought Graham Mertz was going to be, you would say, Graham, thanks for your service. We're going to move in a different direction. If you'd like to play your future college ball, it's probably not going to be here, et cetera. But I, I bring that up to you, Chris, from the South Carolina standpoint and Lenora Sellers. What if Lenora Sellers doesn't want to wait another year before it's his time to play? You know, like, you know, would would Gamecock Nation rather have another year of Spencer Rattler or, you know, 
uh, and it ticked off Lenore Sellers that may not want to be there anymore. I'm not speaking for him. I'm just saying maybe. We've mm-hmm. seen that happen before in college football, right? Yeah, there's not an opportunity for me here in my time frame. I'm going to go somewhere else. I mean, Chris, what's better for the program? Is it better for the program to flip the script to Lenore Sellers, or is it better for the program for Spencer Rattler to come back? That's what I was asking. Gator Nation mm-hmm. ran, ran down fire and brimstone on me for saying, look, if you're Billy Napier, do you think he gives DJ Lagway some of the decision-making power on Graham Mertz mm-hmm. there? Because you damn sure don't want to lose DJ Lagway so you can have a transfer portal come back, QB come back for another year, right? Mm-hmm. I would say, Mark, and I don't think it's a dumb question at all. I think if we're being real and honest with ourselves and the fact that like this is turning into professional football where like coaches have to manage a roster, right? So, I mean, they're going to do what's best for the roster, best for the football team, best for the program moving forward, especially when you don't have forever to win, right? You can't just kind of move aimlessly and say, well, you know, we have plenty of time. Like, no, you don't have plenty of time. With the whole Spencer Rattler conversation, would I – I would just say this, in the world of NIL and understanding the landscape and understanding South Carolina's NIL situation, Mark, they got a lot of money tied up in Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells. And if you want my personal opinion, I'd rather South Carolina take the mill or mill and a half they're giving Spencer Rattler and go out and get some linemen, go out and get some receivers, go out and get another tight end, go out and get some defensive linemen, and begin the Lenora Sellers era. If you want my honest opinion, I, I just like Spencer Rattler was great this year and the Gamecocks are fighting for their bowl lives in the last week of the season. You see what I'm saying? So like, I, I, I just, you know, I, <laughs> I, I think you have to be strategic and very tactful in those type of circumstances, those situations. I mean, I say the same thing with Juice Wells. Like, I mean, every player now you look at Mark and you say, hey, you want this guy to come back or that guy, but like, it has to be for the right price because that's college football now. It just... It is. You have a – we've talked about this whole salary cap thing. You have a salary cap. It's got to be for the right price. So, you know, I, I and again, I don't think Rattler's going to come back. I, maybe the draft, great. Maybe yeah, there's something I don't know. But, I mean, how much better of a season could he have, Mark? That's my thing. Like, how much better of a season could Rattler really come back and have next it's year? It's not about this, him, Chris. It's about what's around him. You know, you got to make what's around him better. You got to make the lines yeah. better around him, defensive line, offensive line, et cetera, get Juice Wells back healthy. But that that was the point I was making is that, you know, I'm not going to allow one more year of Graham Mertz to cost me DJ Lagway. And that's why if I was that Billy too. Napier, yeah. that's why if I was Billy Napier, I'd bring DJ Lagway into the discussion because I'm not going to say, I'm not going to welcome Graham Mertz back if that's going to make DJ Lagway have a wavering eye in his recruitment. There's mm-hmm. Clemson fans that think he's going to flip to them. You know, you, you think I'm bringing Graham Mertz back if it means that? You know, Urban Meyer once said, um, if they hadn't gotten Tim Tebow and it came down to the last minutes between Alabama and Florida, that it would have set the program back five years. You think Florida football can afford being set back another five years by not getting the quarterback? So that's why I ask you that, man. I, I mean, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. And so... Here's the positive sign for Gamecock fans is that I don't necessarily believe that you guys, the Gamecocks, take a step back next year if Lenora Sellers is the guy. Why? Because there's going to be a much bigger running component to the offense uh, from the quarterback, and the lines are going to be better. You know, so you, you might look up and the, the total yards per game might be more this year 
And you're going to say, well, how did, how did this happen? Well, you got a running game now from the quarterback and you got better offensive line play, right? So I, I don't, don't assume that just because Rattler is out and Lenoris is in that the QB position, the productivity is going to be worse. With that said, Chris, the score prediction for the game is, you gave me enough time to work through that in my, in my head, is uh, 26 to 17 Clemson. That's the final score, 26 to 17. The magic number is 20 for Clemson to get to. I think they go a little bit over that. Um, and I, I do believe that it'll be competitive, right? It'll be competitive. But as we're in the fourth quarter, I think Gamecock fans are going to realize that Clemson has it under control. You know, I, I think I think that's that's going to be the realization. Mark, just a couple more minutes of your time, if you don't mind. I know you got to run and get ready for your show. Um, when you look at this game, I mean, both sides would argue how badly they want it, they need it. Who do you think needs it more moving forward? In regards to you look at, neither's had a successful season, and neither I know you're going to be coming at the winner, right? Because there's going to be some that are going to paint the season as it was a success because you beat the rival. And it's like, no, 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 let's not move the goalposts. So who needs it more for just the sake of – having something to feel good about in 2023, moving through the offseason, building for 2024. Who would you say needs it more, Clemson or South Carolina? This is an interesting question, Chris. In terms of the person who needs it the most, I think it's Dabo Sweeney. Because you saw Tyler and Spartanburg and all this, you know, all this dissent coming at Dabo this year. Uh, you can't have a losing record against the new South Carolina coach. In terms of the program that needs it more, it's South Carolina. And to me, that, that's, it's, it's very easily said, person versus program, right? Dabo needs it the most as an individual person. Um, Beamer with a loss still has the love of Gamecock Nation. Dabo, I, I think, is really feeling the heat, not in terms of losing his job, but just the natives being restless and upset if he loses. But in terms of a program, Chris, if you fail to make a bowl game, this season is an unmitigated disaster. For South Carolina if you fail to make a bowl game. Plus, you've lost all goodwill. You've lost all momentum that you built in the first couple of years. Plus, as we said, year three is the year where the coaches who are going to pop and become stars typically do, right? So how do you explain seven, six, seven and six, eight and four, five and seven? Has Beamer then defined what is going to be the range for him at South Carolina? The reason I don't think Napier's the guy at Florida, Chris, is because I think he's always going to be between a floor of five and seven and a ceiling of nine and three. And, you know, what, what must be done eventually should be done immediately. I just don't think he's the guy. Now, if Florida has an eight and four, nine and three season, you're going to have a lot of Gator fans coming at me saying, I told you so. And I'm going to go back to under Napier, I believe the floor is five and seven, the ceiling is nine and three. If that's good enough for you, you have the right head coach. If it's not, and it isn't for me, then you need a different one. You know, Gamecocks, I'll ask you guys the same question, right? Do you believe your ceiling and floor have now been defined? Is the floor under Beamer five and seven, and is the ceiling eight and five, right? Um, if that's the case, is that good enough for you? If so, you have the right head coach. If not, you might need a different one. That's how, that's how I feel about it, Chris, and that's why I feel like as a program, Beamer, Beamer and company and the whole program desperately need this one. This, this season is a failure with a capital F with a Gamecock loss on Saturday.
Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate, three to seven. He's live every single day over at the Fan Upstate. Mark, last thing, outside of Florida, Florida State, because I know your heart holds a special place for that one. Favorite rivalry and most underrated rivalry in college football. Oh, man, I love me some Oregon, Oregon State, man. I love seeing that. Friday night game this year. Friday night game. I love the quality of those teams. You know, you consider Missouri, Oregon State for the coaches getting the most out of the least, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I believe Beamer is not in that getting the least category. He can recruit at a top 10, top 15 level potentially. But those are good models for him to watch, right, Chris? Because if Oregon State can do it with their talents, and, um, it, it, you know, and if Missouri can do it with their talents, why not South Carolina? Why not now? You're getting better talent through the recruiting services than, than those guys, right? Um, so that is, to me, the most underrated rivalry uh, in, all of, in all of college football. No offense, Chris, like I, I, I value and love our servicemen and women, but I've never been an Army-Navy guy because I like good football, mm. you know? And I, frankly, I don't. I don't see that very often um, um, in that game, you know. So, so to me, Chris, when uh, when all is said and done, uh, I come back to Michigan, Ohio State, and I just I love and I'm going to miss so badly the fact that the 12 team playoff is going to give that game a safety net. I hate that. I love the fact that the loser has their season ruined every year. Imagine how much it's going to suck, Chris, when it's like. 11 and 0 Michigan, 11 and 0 Ohio State. Okay, you win. Oh well, we're still in the playoffs. We're, versus you lose, you're probably out. You're probably out. You're out of the Big Ten division championship. You're out of the Big Ten championship game. You're out of the college football playoff. You're out of you're out of the national championship, brother. You went from a national championship favorite to a bowl game with that with that loss. Mm-hmm. I. The, the best thing about the four-team CFP or the BCS era uh, was that there was no safety net, none. And it made every single week a playoff. And no game embodies that more than the game between Michigan and Ohio State. What do you think? I would say Ohio State-Michigan is probably the best. I guess I should be saying Michigan-Ohio State yes, is the best. You. Shame on thank me. Shame on me. Is the best rivalry in all of college football because of what's on the line year after year. Uh, the Iron Bowl certainly up there. My most underrated rivalry, I think it's the Egg Bowl. I think Mississippi State Ole Miss is just nasty. And, and the teams aren't ne- – you know, the teams normally aren't very good, right? Like, and it's and it's still just got this, this hatred, right? But what we love, a hatred we love – about college football. So, Mark Ryan, Mark, I appreciate you taking the time, man. This is always a lot of fun. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great weekend. Cannot wait to break down what happens on Saturday with you next week. We look forward to it. I'll be on the air on Monday. Chris, I've got a vacation now. Saturday, I got CBS shows tomorrow, local show today on the Fan Upstate, CBS shows tomorrow and Friday. Um, and then I'm off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with one exception. I would never miss the chance to do a show on Monday. Okay. Would never miss that chance. So, uh, I'll show you this, Chris. It's a bit of a mess. Forgive me for a minute, but that equipment right there. Okay. That equipment right there is coming with me to Florida, uh, where I'll be doing one show on my vacation. It'll be the Monday (laughs) offsides highest rated show of the year. You'll be on there as well. 
We look forward to it. Thanks for having me, man. And, and I meant and I meant to tell you, Mark, congratulations on all the success with the CBS Sports Radio National stuff. That is that is big time if folks don't realize. Very, very big time. So uh, thank you so much. I gotta tell you a little something about that off the air. Okay. Uh it's uh it's they it's been such a, such a dream of an experience for me, man. So looking forward to the next two shifts tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day, three to six PM. People say, Mark, you're working on Thanksgiving. I'm like, brother, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman work on Thanksgiving. If they can work on Thanksgiving, you think I can too, right? Friday, I'll be on with them uh, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. What an honor. So uh, we will see you next week, my friend. All right? Mark, you're the man. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Take care, guys. Great stuff from Mark Ryan. Guys, what a legendary conversation. That's going to do it for us. We have gotten way past 2 o'clock. I see Austin Gregory clamoring for the Rivalry Week mailbag, my friend. We got a lot to do to prepare for Thanksgiving. I'm jumping on multiple shows today. We simply don't have the time, so I do apologize for it. But, guys, we had to squeeze in Mark Ryan. We had to squeeze in the content. I appreciate you all tuning in, jumping on. Really good stuff. Uh, Guys, special guest convo with Clemson Tom will drop tomorrow. Convo with Jake Crane drops Friday. We're jumping on with our friends over at Nachos and Analysis later in the day as well. Going to be a lot of fun. Um, and truly, guys, again, in case you missed it, I locked in my pick. 27 to 20, I've got Clemson winning the game. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that bell icon so you get notifications when we go live. When we drop new video content as well, also, guys, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you can check us out at the Spurs Up Show there. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the love, the support. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. A happy Thanksgiving to you all. Go Cox. Beat Clemson. Enjoy rivalry weekend. And do not forget the post-game call-in show after the game. Thank you all so much. Appreciate it. We will talk to you all on Saturday night. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.